Very good. <laughs> they flow so well together, don't they? <laughs> I like the sense of humor. I think it's really good. Okay, now what am I to do? I forgot. <laughs> what was it now? <laughs> Already forgotten. <laughs> okay, well, in this session, I want to share with you how to activate the flow of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit within you. And uh, I'll share with you and break it down into some very practical things. And uh, I'm sure there'll be help for you, but it's only a help for you if you start to do something. So uh, I will share in the session, and then I will come and start to pray for some people. And uh, then I will get you to pray for one another and do some things for one another. So it'd be good to listen, and so you hear everything in the session. <laughs> okay, let's just go for it now. Uh, we start off in just Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts 1 verse 8. Might as well start kind of where we were before, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. In Acts 1 verse 8, you shall receive power. So let's have a look at it. Acts 1 verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. So Jesus had breathed into them and said, receive the Spirit. And they were born again. The Spirit of God came to live within them. That anointing within is to establish your identity. I'm a child of God. I'm a new creation. But Jesus said you also need to be clothed with power. And the clothing with power is to do the work of ministry. So the anointing within, receiving the Holy Spirit, born again, changes us on the inside. We're connected to the Holy Spirit. His life is within us. It's about our identity. We are a child of God. Identity is who I am. I don't have to do anything to prove who I am. I'm who, I, who God says I am, child of the living God. The devil will try and pressure you to prove who you are by doing things. Jesus' first temptation, if you're the son of God, prove it, do something. So we need to know securely I'm a child of God. I'm accepted, loved, forgiven. This is who I am. Now, the anointing of the baptism in the Spirit is power from on high so you can do something. Doing something is different from who I am. Because I'm a child of God, I have an assignment, I have a work, and I need anointing to do the work. Every person has something to do that God called you to do. Uh, you have an assignment of God. So the power of the Spirit then, you shall receive power, is to live out a life that represents Jesus and to minister to people. So now I want to just talk about the flow of anointing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In John 7 and verse 38, 39, Jesus said, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And he was speaking about the Spirit which they had not yet received. So notice how he describes the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is a person, not a force, not some kind of power like Star Wars, may the force be with you. It's not that. It's, the Holy Spirit is a person, but his movement or activity is in a flowing way, a gentle way. It's like a gentle river flowing. 
So the Bible uses pictures to help describe something we can't see. So sometimes the Holy Spirit is like a dove. He is not a dove, but He comes upon people who are at peace, like a dove would come on someone at peace. The Holy Spirit is not a fire, but He can act like a fire and consume things in your life. Holy Spirit is not water, but His movement is like moving water. It's gentle and it's flowing. It's not stop, start, stop, start. It's flowing like a river. So when you're thinking about working with the Holy Spirit, then what you're looking for is a, like a flowing movement of God from within you. I'll do, just pray for Pete a little later and, and then and show you some of these things happening. So he says, out of your innermost being will flow like a river flows. You may be conscious of it, you may not. Sometimes we're aware God is moving through us, sometimes we're not. Jesus at one time felt power flow from him, and he turned and said, who touched me? So sometimes we may feel or sense the flow of the Spirit, sometimes we may not. Ezekiel had a picture of the river of God, and what he saw was he saw, remember, he's seeing something in the Spirit that was to be fulfilled later on, and what he saw was a temple, and we know we're the temple of God. And the second thing he saw was, out of the temple there flowed a river, and that river is the Spirit of God. And he said, as he got in the river, it was up to his ankles. If you've ever been in a river up to your ankles, you can move about quite easy. Get out of the river, get in the river, get out of the river, do what you like. Very shallow. And he said, as he went with the river, it got deeper, come up to the knees. Now, when you're in water up to your knees, moving water then you can still move around, but it's getting a little more difficult. The influence of the water is stronger. And then he went a little further, and the water came up right here, up, up to his hips or somewhere around his waist. Now, when you're in water up to your waist and it's moving water, now the pressure of the water is quite strong, and it's a little, it pushes on you and it, it moves you. And then he said he carried on, he went another distance, and now the water's become so deep it's like a river. Now, if you've ever been a river where you can't touch the bottom, then what you do is you just flow with the river. And if you just rest, then you're carried by the river and you go where the river goes. Can you move? Yes, you can. You can move to the side of the bank, the other side of the bank. You can make movements in the river. But the river is like a, a flow that carries you. So you think, well, if I start to walk with the Holy Spirit and yield to the Holy Spirit, what will happen to me? Well, very. it's like this. If you just get in and just do a little bit, then it's quite easy. You can walk around quite easy. If you go a little further with God, then His influence will be more on your life. As you walk with the Holy Spirit and yield to Him, His impact in your life gets stronger and stronger, and then you learn to just relax and let Him lead you, and you flow with Him. Much easier. So where is it going to go? If I let go control and I go into that deep water, what is going to happen to me? Will it be good? Will it be bad? That's true. We, we're concerned about that. If I let go and step out into that river, what will happen? Well, the Bible says, look where the river goes. You look at the river. The river in Ezekiel went to where there were dry lands and it made them live. 
It went to where there were dry places, and everywhere the river went, it came to life. So if I yield to the Holy Spirit, He will lead me to people who are dry, and there will be life come to them through me listening and responding to the Holy Spirit. Now, that makes a huge difference. I can actually trust that God is good, and if I let go trying to control and learn how to yield to the flow of the Spirit, I can get out of that river anytime I want, but He will take me to people in need, and His life will bring refreshing to them. That's what the river does. So the river of God is not just so you can splash around, have fun. The river of God is to take you to people in need so that you'll minister to them and bring the life of God to them. Not every one of us goes to the same places. We go to different places. So wherever you go, God wants his river to go there. Wherever you are in the community, God wants the river to go there. So the river is within you. Out of your innermost being will flow the river of God. So how is that river released? Well, there's a number of ways, but we want to just talk with you about activating in your personal life the flow of God's Spirit, the flow of the giftings of His Spirit. I want to show you some practical things you can do. So let's have a look in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. And he says, therefore, I remind you, stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So Paul is writing to Timothy and he's saying, Timothy, you need to do something to activate what God has put inside you. Many people are waiting for God to do something. So we say, Lord, I want more. Lord, I want more anointing. Is it wrong to say, Lord, I want more anointing? Well, not really, but what you really want is this. You want more intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Don't treat the Holy Spirit like a something that you dished out to you. The Holy Spirit's a person. So what I want is greater intimacy with the Holy Spirit. If I go and say to you, oh, give me more money, give me more money, give me more money, I want more money, more money, double money, double money, you think, hey, wait a minute, what are you doing with what you've got? And why you keep doing this? Don't you care about me? Do you just want to use me for what I can give you? Or do you really care about me? So when we sort of say, oh, God, give me double portion, or give me more, 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 actually, it's not going to result in you getting more. God wants you to activate what you have. In other words, use what you've got and let God see that you're doing something with it. And two, instead of asking for more anointing, ask for greater intimacy with the person of the Holy Spirit. Cultivate learning to love Him and hear His voice and to respond to Him in your personal life and there'd be more of Him flowing through you. See, if I was to come to you and say, I want more money, want more money, more, it's offensive because I'm, I'm not caring about you. I'm really wanting you to give me something. So we should pursue 
the giver, not just the gift. Desire the gift, but pursue the giver. Develop your relationship with God, listening to Him, being intimate with Him, learning to let Him speak into your life. And I'll talk about that in another session, walking with, walking with the Holy Spirit, learning to be responsive and sensitive to Him. So instead of me asking double, I know in the Bible, Elisha, you know, he wanted a double portion of what was on Elijah, but there's only one example in the whole Bible. You can't build a teaching on one example. People come up and they say, I remember one man come up to me meeting, oh, pastor, pastor, lay hands, I want double anointing, double portion. And I'm thinking, how can I give away twice what I have? How can I? Think about that. If you had $100, how can you give away 200 It doesn't make any sense. It's just religious talk. Think about that. It sounds good. What we should be seeking is greater intimacy with a person, the Holy Spirit. You see, Elijah, when, when he was asked this, said, you've asked for a very hard thing. In other words, I can't determine that happening. Only God can do that. And God will do that for your assignment. So the only time you would need more than what you have is if you're given more job or more responsibility than what you have now. The anointing is for a purpose. He gives you what you need for what you're called to do. We keep wanting more, usually for all the wrong reasons. So we'll look important before people. That's not the reason to ask for it. So this man asked double portion. I say, no. He comes the second night, big Bible, big suit. Hey, pastor, pray for me, double portion. I said, no. Third night he come. Oh, he's very persistent. Third night he come. He said, pastor, I want double portion. I said, no. And he said, why not? Which is a good question to ask. And I said very simply this. Every night... There's been hundreds of people being ministered to, being prayed for, and so many people here have been comforting them and praying with them and assisting them and helping, and I notice you walk around with your Bible, but you're not interested in caring and loving for people. You're not interested in loving and serving people. You want something to make you important. God will never give it to you for that reason. The anointing is given to serve people. Well, you all got quiet now. He's a sacred cow. See, so what I need is greater intimacy with the Holy Spirit and surrender to Him. Then you have more anointing. So you don't seek more anointing. Seek the person. Seek the person of the Holy Spirit. Seek to know Him, to walk with Him. And as you do that, you'll find there'll be a greater flows of God's presence and power in your life. Oh, so is that okay if I get someone to lay hands on me who's anointed? Yes, by all means. So I don't mind laying hands on people. I lay hands on hundreds of people. But I've observed something. I've been around a long time. I've observed that for most people, apart from falling down and getting a touch of God, what is given to them doesn't last. In other words, a year later, they're the same as they were this year. They haven't grown in God in any kind of way, it seems. 
So if hands are laid onto you, and it's wonderful, I mean, get hands laid on you, get impartation, but you have to learn how to hold in your life what God gives you, and you can only do that if you put it to use. So if all you want is someone to lay hands on you so you can get the easy route to the anointing, it's not going to work. What you get is a touch and an impartation, and in a time of reviving or special uh, seasons in God, often that will totally transform a person's life. And I have prayed for many people, and they can tell you now their life was transformed when I laid hands on them. But I've also prayed for hundreds, and I don't think their life was transformed. They got touched, they got blessed, something happened in their life, but it probably wasn't very long-lasting because they didn't continue to walk with God. So receiving, we've got to learn how to give. God gives to the sower. Think about that. It's just changing your thinking a little, and then you can find you'll have a much more of God in your life. So what happens, for example, in, in our meetings, if, you know, we've got a whole ministry team up here, and then I see this thing happens. I was in a meeting the other day, and I think, man, I've prayed for a lot of people. And then I found out that they were going around the other side. They come back, and they come back for prayer a second time, third time, and all the leaders pray for them, and then I'm praying for them. I think, this is never ending. Where are they finding all these people? Only 100 people here, and I've already prayed for more than 100. What, what is happening here? And they were just circulating around and around and around and around. I think, what is this? What is this? So... In a ministry time, when we have a team praying, the anointing on my life comes on them. You can receive from anyone because we are flowing in one flow of the Spirit. Does it make difference if, if someone who carries a specific anointing prays for you? Yes, it does. It can make a big difference. But in a corporate thing where the Spirit of God is moving on a team, then God can touch you if your heart is open. It won't matter who is praying for you. Think about that. I run forward. If there's a meeting and someone there, I run forward. Pray for me, pray for me. But I have observed it doesn't make a lot of difference unless I do the homework with God. And so I want to talk about that part of it today because that's so, so important is that aspect of it. One question people came up with me was this. They said, can an anointed person read your thoughts? <laughs> So I find when I go to some places, when they know I do a bit of deliverance, they run away. And other people, they look very uncomfortable. Can he read my thoughts? The answer is absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. So if you were thinking, oh, he might know about what's going on in my life. Only if God tells me. The issue is not me, it's whether God tells me. And if he tells me, it's because he loves you and wants to not embarrass you, but to bring healing or help to your life. How about that? So I remember the first meeting I went into when I found that someone was operating in the gifts of the Spirit and God was telling them things. You know what I did? I hid. I thought, I do not want that man near me. <laughs> That's only because I knew things were wrong in my life. It didn't occur to me that if I hid down behind someone, that God could tell him where I was hiding. <laughs> so now God will give 
uh, information because he wants to help someone. He does not give information about your life at random. He does not embarrass you. He actually will share something with someone so it can be a blessing and a help. Now, you understand this, that if you want to move with the Spirit of God like that, you must develop a love for people. If you love people, you won't do anything to hurt them. You'll actually show kindness to them. And if God shows you, many times God shows me things about people. But when he does, I have to love them and treat them with respect. And I don't necessarily disclose all that I know, but often God will use it to show me how to minister to people. Does that help you? Okay, let's move on. I need to get into where I'm going. Uh, so, 2 Timothy 1.6, stir up the gift of God within you. So notice that Timothy's gifting was dormant. Timothy was anointed by the Holy Spirit. There was a gift imparted into his life, but he's not doing anything much with it. And so Paul is very concerned. He says, Timothy, this is what you need to do. He said, yes, Paul, what do I do? Yeah, pray for more anointing. He didn't say that. He said, stir up or activate what I have already imparted to you. You have it. It's just, it's not operating. So if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you journey and walk with God, you have something you can activate within you. A person that can arise within you if you will do the right things. Now, if you start to think that way, you'll stop trying to pray for God to give you more and do more. You'll start to arise inside and say, I need to develop my faith. I need to develop my inner life. I need to give myself to growing internally and activating what God has already given me. It's a big difference, isn't it? So Paul puts the responsibility on Timothy to stir up the gift of God. Now, why is it that Timothy was not functioning in this gift? Was it because he had no anointing? Not at all. He said, I have imparted to you, you've already received a gift, you're not doing anything with it, it's become dormant. And fortunately for us, he explains why it become dormant. He said, for, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. What was Timothy's problem? Timothy was afraid of older people. He was a young man, he was raised by his mother and grandmother, there's no mention of a father. Paul discipled him, and now he's got a role of a bishop over thousands upon thousands of people, and they're old, many of them are older people, and they look down on him as a younger person. And he's intimidated. So Paul writes, Timothy, don't let fear govern your life. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Rather, stir up the gift of God inside you, for God has given you a spirit of power. And love and a sound mind to be able to think straight. So, so stir up the gift of God. So when I look at a verse like that, I think, well, what is it causes gifts to become dormant? And how do you stir up the gift? And I'll show you what to do. Gifts become dormant because of fear. They become dormant because of unbelief. If you lack belief, if you don't extend your faith that God can work through you, then your gift will die. It'll become dormant. Gifts all operate by faith. I know you didn't want to hear that, but that's how they operate. That means I have to listen to God and extend myself out and be prepared to take some risks. That's what faith will do. I need to hear what God is saying and stretch out and act on it. So fear uh, will stop you. Unbelief will stop you. Another, a third thing that will stop you is passivity. Passivity. 
You can't be sort of passive waiting for God to do something. Nothing will happen. You actually have to stir the gifts within you. There's something required of us to activate the life of God within. And Timothy was also instructed not to neglect the gift. So if you neglect to develop your inner life, if you neglect to stir up the gift of God or value it, then it won't operate very well in your life. So the gift of God is actually the Holy Spirit expressing himself. So fear will quench the flow of the Spirit. Unbelief will quench the flow of the Spirit. Passivity will quench the flow of the Spirit. And if I neglect or take it lightly, take him lightly, the movement of the Holy Spirit in me is very little. So Paul says, stir up the gift of God. So now we've worked out why it is that the gift of God becomes dormant. So how is it then that I can stir up the gift of God? And what factors affect the flow of God through my life? So for example, if I go to pray for someone, why don't I just do that right now? I'll just come and I'll pray for someone. I want to share with you four things that will affect the flow of what, God, of what happens. Okay, so here we are. Just come. Please come. There, there could be more, but these are, I'll share with you four things that affect the flow of anointing. And they're, they're in the Bible. Come around over the side over here. That's it. There we go. Hello, what's your name? You're? Suhan. Suhan. Okay, then. Just face, face me this way. That's right. Okay. So I'll identify for you the four factors that will affect the flow of anointing. And then I'll pray and we'll see what happens. Now, the first thing you notice is I've actually taken a risk. Because the question comes up, what if nothing happens? You actually have to take risks if you're going to work with the Holy Spirit. And you will take risks if you grow in love. Love for people. So what are the four factors which will affect the flow of anointing? Number one is me, my personal inner life, your personal inner life. Matthew chapter 17, uh, Jesus said, when the disciples said, why couldn't we cast out the demon? He said, your unbelief. Neglect your inner life, no flowing of the Spirit. You can't neglect your inward life. If you neglect to develop your life with God, you lose confidence and you lose faith you start to draw back to where it's very, very safe, okay? Number one, so here. Second, it's her, her desire and openness for God. In Mark chapter 6, the first four verses, Jesus came to his hometown, and they say, hey, that's your Jesus, a carpenter. And the Bible says he could do nothing much. No mighty works because of their unbelief. So in other words... My openness to God is a factor. Her hunger and openness to God and response to me is a factor. Two factors. In Mark chapter 6, at the end, Jesus went somewhere else and miracles everywhere. Hometown, almost no miracles. That means that the way people relate or their attitude and expectation affects the flow. Third thing, the corporate atmosphere. The corporate atmosphere. The whole town was shut down from receiving the power of God 
Imagine this. Jesus has done miracles, raised the dead. He goes to his hometown. Of all the places he wants to see the miracles, it's his hometown. There's Mrs. So-and-so, and he knows she's got arthritis, and there's someone else, and she's got a bad back, and someone else, and they've got this uh, crippled spine, and, and so it goes on. And he's wanting, he's looking forward to coming to his hometown that he can minister to them. And they say, who's this? Just a carpenter. We know his family. The grief that their attitude of the town shut down the move of the Spirit. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus took the blind man out of the town to pray for him because it was thick with an atmosphere of unbelief. So one, my inner life, two, her inner life, three, the corporate environment of expectation, and four, the last one is God can do what he likes. And so every now and then, God just pours out and surprises everyone. Acts chapter 10, they were all astonished. Yes, Holy Spirit came. Another place, power of God is present to heal everyone. So God can just do it because he wants to. All right, so put your hand on my hand then. Okay then. Now, so the flow of the Spirit, remember, out from your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So if you just close your eyes for a moment, I want you to close your eyes and I want to center your attention not on me but on Jesus and just be open to receive. Now, what I've done is I've asked her to look away from me to reduce idolatry, looking to some person instead of looking to Jesus. I've got her to direct her attention to Jesus, and already I can feel the flow of anointing, just like that. Because she directed her attention to Jesus and became open, he began to move, and I almost didn't do anything. But I felt the flow and movement of the Spirit because her heart was ready. Okay, don't put her to sleep. We get her up. We practice more. <laughs> don't put her to sleep. Otherwise, I have to practice on you. Okay. If you can just stand up again one more time, I'll give you a double portion. <laughs> Which means pray twice. <laughs> okay, first of all, tell me what you felt. I just felt the flow that comes naturally into yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. So you notice she said she felt a flow came naturally into her, and I could feel the flow. I could actually tell you as it happened, because I could feel it. You can feel the flowing movement of the Holy Spirit. So whenever I use the word anointing, I'm actually referring to a person moving. So if I talk about the flow of the Spirit, it's actually the movement of the Holy Spirit. Any idea? And it's flowing movement. Very gentle and a very easy movement. It comes best if she directs her attention to the Lord and I do the same. So if you focus your attention on trying to minister to a need, you get so preoccupied with the need you'll become anxious about getting something to happen. And then you'll start to pray silly prayers. God bless her, God. Ah, ah, ah. God, you bless her, Lord, pour out today. It's just no power. No power. So you've got to avoid the temptation to pray just empty prayers. Connect with the source. You see, I'm just reaching out to Jesus. As I reach my hand, could you feel the presence start to flow? <laughs> So what I did then, now you just saw me reach out like this, but as, she, as, as I did that, the power of God starts to flow on her life. 
Now, all you could see was something external. What you didn't see was what happened internal. It's what happens within. What I did was something like this. Remember, first I got her to, to close her eyes, focus on receiving from Jesus, and as she opened her heart, he began to touch her. Now, if I do the same, if I just begin to, in my mind, begin to see Jesus standing there, he is full of everything she has need of. Thank you, Lord. And I don't try and stress to minister. I just actually wait upon him. Then I can literally feel his presence start to come. Just like a, a river like that. It just flows and touches. She can feel his presence is flowing like a river. So thank you, Lord. So you close your eyes and look up to the Lord. And I'll do the same. And as we do that, you're going to feel like a river running through like that. Now that time, there was a stronger flow because I rose up and spoke a little more strongly. So the anointing is released because of faith, because of speaking words. You actually are, remember, wherever you go, you're the temple of God. It's because we don't think that way. We feel alone when we minister and wondering where God is. But what if you were conscious that God is in you and everywhere you go, He is with you to minister to people? Oh, she's gone to sleep. Okay. You put her to sleep. Well, then I have to work with you then. Come on. Oh. <laughs> that means no more, no more, no more double, no more triple portion. Two is enough. <laughs> Ooh, Holy Spirit touch her Phil, Phil. <laughs> okay your turn to come so that the movement of the Holy Spirit is a it's a flowing anointing can be gentle or strong but there's a part you play in it can I just put, put your hand on my hand that's right okay I want you to close your eyes and just open your heart towards God uh, now of course we've got us <laughs> I'm actually just getting it just to focus her attention on the Lord to receive. So to minister to her, I need to turn my attention to the source. She has a need. Jesus is the source. As I begin to just meditate, and you'll see this is an important thing to learn to do. As I begin to meditate and begin to see Jesus with me, I can feel his presence and I feel the anointing flow. There it is now. Why got your hand over your mouth? <laughs> well, if you're going to be joyful, then just laugh. <laughs> Holy Spirit, touch her, touch, touch. <laughs> so, presence of God's coming on her, and she's feeling the joy. So, one felt the love of God, and someone else feels the joys. <laughs> Give her more, Lord. More, more, more. <laughs> okay, so what are you feeling? What did you feel? Why is it that you look so funny? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but every time you look at me, you'll start to feel you want to laugh. <laughs> it's because... Remember, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So you have joy in your spirit all the time. 
It's just sometimes you don't look like it. That's because we're not living out of our spirit. We've got caught up in our soul. But wherever the spirit of God is, there's great liberty and freedom. So as soon as you let the spirit of God have control, then joy starts. <laughs> Holy Spirit, fill her. Fill, 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 fill. Joy. Give her more joy and more and more and more and more and more. <laughs> <laughs> is he going to run away now bring me another volunteer oh thank you there's one there bring the camp commandant that's right you need the camp commandant you have to be the catcher <laughs> okay so <laughs> As we start to allow the Holy Spirit room to move and work with him, the, the atmosphere begins to change. It starts to become a, a, a likeness. It's the Spirit of God moving. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I haven't done anything yet. She touched you. Come and do it again. Do it again. Yeah, do it again. Just t touch. That's right. Touch. Touch. Yeah, just touch and laugh. That's right. Just laugh. Now. Did you see what just happened then? I release anointing to one person, they release to another, and just flows. So what she received, she could give. So she received joy, and she started to give away joy. And all she did was touch. There was a flow through the touch. <laughs> touch her some more. Come on, give her more. More, 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 more. That's right, be intentional. Come, 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 come. And wait, wait. Oh, you're going to sit down now. You're giving up already. <laughs> More. <laughs> so as we work with the Holy Spirit, the anointing, now notice the anointing starts to flow like a river. You start to feel it. Now, some will start to feel joyful right now. How many starting to feel real joy just inside you? Starting to feel it rise up. Some of it right now. Here's a brother over here. <laughs> That's right. Come, we pray for you too. Yeah, yeah. Double portion for you. <laughs> okay, just stand there. You don't have to go anywhere. Just close your eyes. Just open your heart to receive from the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Just flowing right now. <laughs> fill him, Lord. Fill, fill, fill. Just touch him with your presence right now. Thank you, Lord. And just relax and receive. And you start to feel the presence of God just filling you. Fill. <laughs> Touch him, Lord. Touch him. Touch him. Now just stay there in that place there. Just letting God just minister to you. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Don't hurry away. Just enjoy the presence of God. <laughs> More. Okay. So you start to see the presence of God starts to move. People start to get touched. Okay, you can sit down anytime you like. Yeah. Okay, so the movement of the Spirit is a flowing movement. Okay, I need to share with you a few more things. So I want you to do a few things. I've got to have time to do it. Okay, so in 2 Timothy 1.6, he says, Timothy, stir up the gift of God within you. And we see that the movement of the Spirit of God is a flowing movement. It's a flowing movement, like a river. Okay, now, <clears throat> I want to share with you, I want you to have a look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
I better keep moving. We're going to run out of this, run out of time. <laughs> okay, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, Now the manifestation of the Spirit is given to only a few special people who we shall call anointed. Does your Bible say that? Does anyone's Bible say that? It doesn't say that, does it? It says the, the, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit or the visible operation of God's Spirit is given to how many people? How many people? Does your Bible say all or every person? It does. Why does God give the manifestation of a spirit to every person? Because God wants to work and flow like a river through every person. So God intends that every person receive the moving of a spirit in their life. It says here, the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one, and the reason is to profit others or to build up others or to profit all. One is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, another word of knowledge, another faith, another healings, another working of miracles, another prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues and interpretation. The same Spirit works in all, distributing to everyone individually as He desires. So here's the point I want you to take out of it. The manifestation of the Spirit or gifts of the Spirit are a gift to you. Notice secondly, it's a gift to every believer. Thirdly, because it's a gift, it doesn't mean you're spiritual if you move in the gifts of the Spirit. It just means you have faith to receive. And finally, it's given to all to build up others. God gives you a manifestation, whether it's prophecy, words of knowledge, healing. In other words, God wants to work through you to touch others. So here's the question I ask. If God says these gifts are for all, why are all not flowing in these things? There must be a reason. <laughs> You've both got the giggles in the front right now. <laughs> yeah, Lord, give them more. More anointing. <laughs> so, how does, the, how does the movement of the Holy Spirit take place? I'm glad you asked. We'll, we'll have a look in Galatians chapter 5. It says, ask the question, Galatians 5, 3, sorry, Galatians, <laughs> Galatians chapter 3 and verse 5. It said, how does he minister the Spirit? How does he work miracles among you? Is it because you work hard to be a good person? Is it hard to be, you work to be a deacon? Is it because you try to live a good life? No, none of those things. He works among you by the hearing of faith. So it tells us how movements of the Spirit and the working of miracles happen. It comes by the hearing of faith. In other words, I need to extend my faith to believe that God will speak to me and in speaking to me, something will happen through me to minister to other people. So the key to operating or the major key to operating in the things of the Spirit is that you learn to recognize the voice of God, to recognize the Holy Spirit speaking to you. <laughs> and how does that sound? What is the voice of God like? Is it, this is God? No, it's not like that. The voice of the Holy Spirit is very still. It's a still, small voice, a very gentle voice. 
So this is what the voice of the Holy Spirit sounds like. Number one, it is very gentle. It's so gentle that you could miss it easily. He's not noisy. He's gentle. He's not pushy. He's gentle. And so if you resist or shut off, you don't hear him. The voice of the Spirit of God is very gentle. It's a gentle voice. Secondly, it's spontaneous. It's got a flowing movement. It just comes spontaneously. It's not like you're working out your maths or your checkbook. One, two, three, four. It's actually spontaneous. A thought will just come to you. It's a spontaneous thought. You weren't thinking about it. It just arrived from your spirit into your mind. And how does, what does it come like? Very simple. It comes in a number of ways. When you hear the voice of God, it may come as a spontaneous picture, a a mental picture, like you close your eyes and imagine something. That's all it is. just comes into your mind. Or it may be just a word or a thought. Or it may be just an inward, I just know. I just know. So when I was sitting over here, we were all worshiping, I just looked across, and as I looked across and I saw you, I just knew inside... I should go and pray for you. I didn't know about anyone else, but I just had to take a step of responding to the very little I had. You say, well, what are we going to pray about? I've got no idea. I had to take a risk of stepping out and starting to engage her to see what God would do. So all the time I'm down there, I am listening, trying to sense what God is wanting to do. Then I pray for someone else, someone else, and then some things start to happen. If we just kept this up, then before you know it, there would be lots of things happening right through the meeting. So the the voice or impression of the Holy Spirit is very gentle, it's spontaneous, and it comes to you as spontaneous pictures or thoughts or impressions or like a, a little knowing, and it's easily cut off if you just stop. If you just stop, it's just quite easily cut off. How can I know it's God? Uh, How can I be sure that it's the Lord? Well, in James 3, verse 17, it says, The wisdom of God is pure, it's gentle, and it's reasonable. It's not dominating. You can entreat it and talk about it. If you hear something from God, it will bring life. It'll bring good fruit. If you hear something from God, then it will never contradict the Word of God. So we can put some tests by anything we get. Is it gentle? Has it got the nature of God in it? Is it aligned with the Word of God? It's not something obviously wrong. And is it bring good fruit? It actually has a result when you do it, when you respond. So what can I do to hear God speak to me? Well, here's a few things you can do. Number one, free up your spirit and position yourself so you can hear So the first thing is, you need to be free inside. Praying in tongues can free up your spirit. Remember, it opens the communication flow. So pray in the spirit. Allow the spirit of God to move through your spirit, energizing you. You are opening up the communication channel. Then don't struggle with this. Just stop praying after a little while and and tune in. Begin to tune in to spontaneous thoughts and impressions. Expect God to give you something. Free up your spirit and position yourself to hear. Expect God to give you something. Tune into spontaneous. 
And then you have to speak and act on what God shows you. And there's no shortcut for that part. That's where you take the risk. So I'll do that for you. And then I'll just do that right now. How about that? Okay. So when I come down here, I'll just I'll, I'll help you understand what I'm thinking right now. I'm thinking now I've just shared with you how you would hear the voice of God. Now the next thing is I need to let you see it and try to help you understand as it's happening. So what I've done is I've just moved off the stage. You say, well, what are you going to do next? I, say, I don't know. What I've done is I've put myself in a place of being vulnerable for the Spirit of God to use. And all the time that I'm just talking to you right now, I'm just looking around to see if there's any slight drawing or impression of the Holy Spirit just drawing or attracting me to any one person. In other words, I'm tuned in to the slight impressions of the Spirit. Remember, they're very gentle. Can I pray for you, please? Doris, is it? Can't quite tell. You just come and let me pray for you. Just come, come out here. There we go. You say, why did you pick her? Because as I was putting my eyes across, backwards and forwards like that, I, I felt draw, just a little draw to her. But I actually felt it before as well. So when I got it a second time, I think, I'm just going to do something now. So you think, what are you going to do? I don't know. However, I've just been sharing about hearing God speak. So what I've done is demonstrate that once you've got the slight impression from the Lord, you have to become vulnerable. And that's the bit that's a little uncomfortable. It's where you step into the river and you're taking a little bit of a risk. I could step out again and say, well, listen, let me just pray and bless you. And I'll walk away, you know. I could step out or I can stay in the river and just be surrendered to the Holy Spirit and say, now, Holy Spirit, show me something. Can I just take your hand? Put your hand in there. Okay. Now, what I'm going to do is just, I'd like you just to close your eyes for a moment or just open your heart to receive from the Lord. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to flow through me in the prophetic gift. Now, have I got anything yet? No, I haven't. So what I'll do is I'll do exactly what I just shared with you to do. Begin to speak in tongues and just allow my spirit to flow and then begin to expect God to give me something. And I begin to tune in to any picture or impression or something that comes to me. It could be from the Bible, or it could be just a picture and impression. So I just wait, and of course I'm slowing this all down for you and explaining it. In reality, it happens quite quickly. It's just an impression comes, you step out and act on that, and then God will give you more. Now, the thing to realize is when God gives you something to minister to someone else, it's only a little seed. It seems so small, you wonder if any good could come of it. But everything in the kingdom is a seed. The seed has the tree in it. So what I've got to do now is I just close my eyes or just open my spirit. Now, Lord, just show me something for her. Okay, and immediately I have it. And I saw a picture. Now, I have the picture. That's all I got was one little picture. Now, what I will do is I will start to focus my attention on that impression Jesus gave me. When you say, what picture did you see? I'll show you in a moment. It was nothing like more than just like having a memory of something or just seeing a picture of something. That's all it is. Very little. Now, if I will give it my attention and begin to describe what I see, it will develop and I will get more. 
If any time I wish to, I can step out of the river and it'll stop. But if I stay in the river, I'll get more. <clears throat> so let's do it. Now, just keep ministry always very gentle and always very simple. And always just tentatively give it to the person. Don't be dogmatic. God told me. Just don't do that. It's just so unaccountable. It just means that you're not going to be responsible for anything else you say. You're going to blame it all on God. Well, not me. Nothing to do with me. God told me, you know. <laughs> Don't do that. Be responsible. If you're going to move in the gifts, you have to be responsible for the outcomes as well. All right, then. So let me just go now. I, I drew towards her. I asked her to come forward. I stayed expecting God to give me something. I felt then an impression, a picture, and I'm going to describe what I saw. As I was reaching out to the Lord for you, this is the impression I got. And notice that's not spiritual, is it? Not very kind of... <laughs> Nothing spiritual, you know. It's just natural. This is what I sensed. I, I felt I saw a picture of the disciples in a boat. And Jesus had told them to get in the boat to go to the other side because he had an assignment for them. And they never expected on their way to that assignment that they would go through a storm that would almost threaten to sink the boat. And in the midst of the storm, the disciples became extremely afraid. They felt overwhelmed by what they were seeing. Now, what I've done is I've described a picture I saw from the Bible. Now, I need to stay and listen and receive more. And I felt as I saw that picture that God has been speaking to you about change in your life and change in direction. And as you've stepped out into the change, there's been unexpected problems and difficulties and storms come. It's almost threatened to overwhelm you to the point where you wondered whether you've made the right decision. And the Lord wants you to know he is with you in this situation. He wants you to know you've not made a wrong decision over this matter. God is moving and opening a new area of ministry for you. He's opening up a new area of fruitful harvest for you. And all that's happening is there's a storm of resistance before the harvest. The storm has come from people. There's been people react. There's been people criticize. There's been words spoken about you. And because you're quite sensitive and quite prophetically gifted, it's affected you deeply. The Lord wants you to do what he told the disciples to do, is to stand in the midst of the storm, confident he is with you, speak into the storm the word of God, and the storm will subside. God wants to teach you how to stand in the midst of storms. This storm will not overwhelm you. This storm is to help you grow. And as you look to the Lord now, and as you take hold of his words and speak into the storm, you will find the storm will diminish and you'll find the next season you'll start to minister to people in a whole new authority. God is teaching you how to grow. He's teaching you about authority. He's teaching you how to stand in the midst of pressure. And he's teaching you how to not be so overwhelmed by the opinions of people and what they think. 
So, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we take authority and break words of criticism. I come against the accusing spirits that have troubled you and pressured you. In Jesus' name, loose her and release her right now. Let it go. In Jesus' name. All right, then now, I've tried to describe to you and show you how the movement of the spirit takes place. And just go back and revise again so you see what happened. All I got was a little impression. I felt drawn to one person twice. So because I felt drawn, I was willing to step towards that person, willing to reach out, because I can feel Jesus many times would just move with compassion. He felt for people. Compassion was enough to get him to move towards people. He didn't pray for everyone, but when he was moved with compassion, he acted. So when you feel the Spirit of God stir you, act on it. Don't argue with it. Act on it. Now, as I reached out towards her, I didn't know what was going to happen. Remember, we talked about the river of God. It flows to the dry place to bring life. So if you stay in the river, it'll bring life. So what I did was then <clears throat> reached out to the Lord for some kind of word for her. And what I got was a very little picture, just a slight mental picture of the disciples in the boat. And I knew immediately it was about the storm in the boat, and I knew the story. I began to describe the little I got, and then began to reach out, well, what is happening? Oh, she stepped out into some new area. Oh, there's a story. I kept asking questions. Now, some people say, well, what do you do with your mind when you're trying to work with the Holy Spirit? Well, you need to engage your mind. Here's the problem. For most people, their mind has ruled their life, and any time God gives them something, they judge it and find fault with it. Well, it can't be right. So what, you've, what you have to learn to do instead is something like this. Just go like that. In other words, when God gives you something, instead of judging it, ask questions. Be an observer. So when I saw the picture, oh, that's interesting. What does that mean? Help me understand, what is the storm? What is the other side? What are you wanting to say to her? So I ask questions as I'm speaking. And as I ask questions, more comes. So I've learned with your mind two extreme problems that people have. One, they try to reason everything and it stops the flow of the spirit. Two, they stop thinking for themselves and become idiots. That's the other extreme. They just actually become silly people. Oh, oh, and it's weird. You've got to use your mind with your spirit. Your mind is there for a reason. It's to inquire, it's to evaluate, and to work with your spirit and with the Holy Spirit. When you pray in tongues, let your mind be engaged in meditating, picturing the Word of God or picturing Jesus. When you're moving in the gifts of the Spirit, your mind needs to be inquiring. So how do we activate the gifts of the Spirit? Well, I'll give it to you in very three simple things. Number one, you need to stir and activate your spirit man. Pray in tongues, pray in tongues. 1 Timothy 4 verse 15, how do you stir up the gift within you? Paul said, meditate. Begin to practice 
imagining seeing God work through you, take the words of God and begin to meditate on them. And finally, he says, give yourself to it. You need to step out and take risks. So what I have done today is tried to show you how you flow with the Spirit. Now, you notice, as I began to speak what God was giving me, the Spirit of God began to touch your life. How are you now? Better? Yes. Thank How you. How relevant for you was what I shared? Yes. Very, very real. It was very real for you, was it? Now, we haven't talked before the meeting, have we? So you didn't tell me anything about what's happening in your life at all. But when I shared those things about the storm, that was real. God, you remember me. Thank you. <laughs> so God remembered her. Thank you. So she began to weep because she felt God touching her. Now, did I feel anything? No. <laughs> the postman doesn't get the letter. The postman just delivers the letter. You don't feel anything. Don't wait till you feel. You'll never do anything. You have to learn to extend your faith. Amen? All right, we better stop now because I want you to do something and we need to get you into groups. So before we go any further, while you're just sitting where you are, here's something you could do if you've got a pen and paper. You could write down this question. Write down a question. We're going to ask the Lord a question. And then what I want you to do is I'm going, to, I'm going to lead you to listen to God, to speak to you, and give you an answer to it. Okay? Here's the question. Here's the question. We're going to ask God. To, now, don't ask the Lord questions like, why? He will never give you an answer for that question. It's full of unbelief and self-pity. You've got to ask a different kind of question. If you want to get things from the Holy Spirit, you've got to ask the right questions. And he will tell you. He'll speak to you. So here's the question. Lord, how do you see me? Lord, how do you see me? That's the question. Not how people see me. Not how I see me. Lord, how do you view me or see me? It's like asking God, what do you think of me? When you think of me, what sorts of thoughts do you have? Lord, how do you see me? Okay, you written it down? Got the question there? All right, now here's how we're going to do it. <clears throat> I want you, you don't, <clears throat> there's no, we don't have to get out of our seat to do this. I want you just to close your eyes. Now let's begin to just pray quietly in tongues. <laughs> now as you're praying in tongues, you're opening up a communication channel with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. Is beginning to move through you, giving you words. All right, now just stop praying, and as you with your eyes closed, Lord, how do you see me? And begin to listen for thoughts to come. And as thoughts come, begin to write them down. They'll often begin with something like, my child, I love you. So as you get thoughts coming, write them down. Don't try to work them out. Just write them down. Just let a listen to what's within you. Let it flow out. Writing under the Holy Ghost. Journaling. Lord, how do you see me? My child, I love you. You are special 
in my eyes. He'll speak something like that. So as you start to listen to him, write the words that come to mind. Just write them out. If you haven't got a pen and paper, listen. Remember, it'll be gentle. It'll be spontaneous. And if you'll tune in, it will flow. Thought after thought after thought. If you'll receive the thoughts he gives you, he'll give you more. So writing is a good way of doing this. Lord, how do you see me? My child, you are precious to me. And then just let the flow of the Spirit, language, go. Write down the things God shows you. So just begin to write as you start to hear thoughts come to mind. They'll be first person, they'll be personal. As you write, just allow the flow to just take place. Don't try and work it out in your head. You're just listening to your heart speaking. The language of the heart is spontaneous, flowing, gentle, life-giving. If your mind drifts away, the flow will stop quickly. It's like keeping your mind attentive to listen and just praying again slowly in the spirit, the flow starts again. If you're attentive and responsive, you get more. If your mind distracts, the flow stops straight away. As God gives you, just write it down. Because this is a word of encouragement to yourself. You can do this anytime you wish. You can listen to God speaking. I am pleased with you. You are the apple of my eye. I see your tenderness of heart. He'll speak in those kinds of ways. Quite a gentle flowing sound. Affirming you, encouraging you, speaking to you. So you can journal like this every day. And as you do this, you develop sensitivity to the voice of the Spirit of God. Journaling is a powerful tool to cultivate sensitivity to hearing God. If you get stuck, just pray quietly in tongues, tune in again, and begin to flow.
Notice what you're feeling as you do this. If you start to feel uptight, everyone's getting something but me. This is awful. Just calm down. Just begin to think about how much Jesus loves you and let your spirit just calm down. Remember, if you start to get anxious or tense, your spirit closes up. As you relax, your spirit opens up. You can't make things happen. You just cultivate the environment where the Spirit of God can move. All right, we'll just stop for right now because I want to do something else in a moment. How many people you felt something come from God to you? You actually felt God speak to you in some kind of way? Then just put your hand up so we just say, well, it's a large number of you. Very good. All right, then. How many of you found that when you tried to do it, your mind got distracted, went all over the place. You, you, you found it hard to just focus. How many had that happen to them? That's quite normal to have that. Okay, it's, it's quite normal to have that. Now, tuning in to your spirit, tuning in to listen to God, requires the discipline of focusing your attention. It's so easy to be distracted. Now, if we're talking, so, so if we're talking, just, just like to come up here, dear, just, can you come up? Come on, come on, you can come up and help me very, very soon. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to stand there, which is good, isn't it, eh? All right, then. Now, you, just, you can just look at me. Okay, now, in, in a human relationship, if we're going to talk and connect, I have to be attentive. I have to be willing to open my heart to engage and connect. If my mind goes somewhere else... You ever notice that when you're talking to someone and then, hello, there's no one home there, like your husband? Yes, there, yes, there, and his eyes are on the TV. You don't feel that connection. There isn't any connection. So to make connection with a person requires that you give them your attention. So what I'm going to do to you now is I'm going to speak to you and I'm going to, in my heart, give you my full attention. I'm going to reach out to you now. As I'm talking to you now, I begin to think how valuable you are. And as I talk with you, you can start to feel the presence of God touching you. See, there's a flow as I connect it. She could start to feel the love of God touching her. But if I got distracted and let my mind wander, we would disconnect immediately. I can talk with her like that and it's having no effect at all. But if I let my heart engage, then she'll feel the presence of God just flowing to touch her. Touch. Thank you, Lord. Just touch it right now. Touch, Lord. Touch. Touch. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Now, as I reach out and keep reaching to God to give me something... I heard one word drop into my mind. So that means God wants to speak to her. I've only got one word. But remember, the word is a seed. So if I start to just share what I feel God giving to me, I can believe more will come. Remember Jesus said, if you have ears to hear, meaning if you do something with what I give you, I give you more. If you don't do anything with it, what you seem to have vanishes. Quite simple. Use it or lose it. Okay, then. So as I just was reaching out for you, I felt the Lord drop into my heart this word disappointment. 
that you have had a season of disappointment with people. People that you've invested in, people you've tried to help, people you've poured into. Seems to me there's at least three people, three different people, and in this last few weeks, you've had disappointments with those people. You've invested much in them, and what's happened has been incredibly disappointing. They have misunderstood, they have spoken words, they have reacted and criticized you, and it's deeply grieved you. And it's brought so much discouragement that in coming to this camp, you had to really discipline yourself to come. You had to just follow through a commitment to be here. Actually, what you really wanted to do was just to stay away. God understands. He loves you. And he wants you to know there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You have a heart to care for people. You have a heart to shepherd people. And God wants you to know he is with you and for you. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I break the critical words. I break their hold. I break their power. I come against the spirit of death. Loose her now in Jesus' name. Release her in Jesus' name. Disappointment, loose her in Jesus' name. Grief, loose her in Jesus' name. Lord, let your loving presence come right now. That's right. Just receive, receive. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. I just break the rejection. I break the lie of rejection that no one wants me. I break that lie right now. In Jesus' name, release it. Touch him, Lord. Amen. So, you notice all the things in the Spirit work with a flow. So, you hear something because you are tuning in expectant to. It's very gentle and easily lost. If you step out on it, it's risky because you might get it wrong. But you might get it right. And if you got it right, someone would be blessed. If you got it wrong... Well, maybe a little embarrassing, but you're just practicing anyway. Just keep practicing and you'll get better and better. The fear of getting it wrong will stop you doing things. That was what Paul spoke to Timothy about. Being afraid to step out will stop you. It'll quench the gift. Being willing to just grow in the love for people and stretching out to help them, pray for them, pray for the sick, pray for needs, ask God to give you something, God will work through you powerfully. Amen? I mean, haven't felt encouraged now? You've got some ideas what to do? It's a lot easier than you thought, isn't it? It's not so difficult. I make it look easy, of course, but that's because I'm a teacher. I try to explain what seems complex and make it a lot easier for you to get a hold of. Now, as I was ministering, the word I ministered to her would have touched some of you as well because you're going through something similar. And that's why you start to feel the tears. It's like God was speaking to you as I spoke to her. Remember, the river goes to the dry places. Okay. So why don't we just finish with this? Uh, you've got a plan. Have you got a plan for what to do for the next half an hour? Get us do something in the groups.
What would you like them to do in the groups? Pray for each other in the groups. I think that's an excellent idea. So will you lead, will you? <laughs> do you want to get them into their small groups? Okay, get them into their small groups. What I suggest then is we break into small groups before we go for tea and that you just get into pairs and you pray for one another. And instead of just praying a general prayer, ask God to give you a little word of encouragement for the person next to you. Just a thought. Don't worry about a big prophecy. Just a little thought to encourage them. Okay? Just a thought to encourage them. You could do that. Pray in the Spirit. Listen. Get an impression. Begin to share what God has given you and see what God does. Okay?